this drive. Welcome to you're listening to 99 Raw was good, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. Welcome to 99 Raw. AEW Dynamite, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it was a great show. I thought everything that we've seen was very entertaining. Uh, the promos were excellent. CM Punk, MJF, I'm hyped. Uh, I cannot wait for that. The main event was Sammy Guevara and Jay Lethal was excellent. But before I break down what happened on tonight's program, I want to talk about a news report regarding Ric Flair. <laughs> now, uh, Ric Flair has been going through uh, the news as of late, right? We've been talking about some stuff. I got this news article from Ringside News, one of the most reliable news sites when it comes to talking about news and rumors in the world of professional wrestling. So, Ric Flair, he talks about how he isn't sure if CM Punk and Brian Danielson contribute to AEW. <laughs> I, I don't know what Ric Flair is talking about, but uh, I'm going to read the news report. So let's get into it. So it says, CM Punk's debut two months ago at AEW Rampage, the first dance, truly changed the pro wrestling world for many fans. Since his debut, Punk has been a regular feature on AEW television. It seems Ric Flair has something politic to say about CM Punk and Brian Danielson in AEW. <clears throat> AEW has all the momentum in the world right now thanks to the debut of CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole to their roster. This article also forgot about Ruby Soho. Don't forget Ruby Soho. She's been elevating the women's division. 100%. Uh, this is ensured that the roster is one of the most stacked in all of professional wrestling, which is the truth. Uh, this is easily the most stacked roster in not only pro wrestling, but in many years in professional wrestling. <clears throat> While speaking in a teaser clip of his upcoming podcast, Ric Flair, woo, Nation Uncensored, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair and Madden discuss CM Punk Brian Danielson working in AEW and how they impacted the business after debuting there. Ric Flair stated that he isn't sure if the two made any contribution to AEW thus far. <sighs> Ric Flair. I'm going to read what he says and I'm going to give you guys my honest opinion because this is what we do on the podcast. I give you guys my honest takes and what I read in the news and rumors. And I give you guys what I really think. You know what I mean? In regards to each and every article that I read. So here we go. Let's see what Ric Flair had to say. Well, I'm looking at the ratings. I don't know what they've contributed. Yeah, certainly, as you say, they're both big stars in the business. Both have had a lot of success. But I don't know how to answer that question because all... You can do is we do with football or any other show is look at the ratings. Okay, I can see where he comes from that. The ratings are very important. Uh, he continues. 
To me, that show should never do less than 1.1 million views. If they get there once and bring it in all this talent and go back, then there's something wrong. That's technically what Ric Flair had to say. Uh, he was commenting on the ratings. Tony Khan would disagree with Ric Flair and said that he has gone on record to say that CM Punk's inclusion in AEW has boosted the company's business and ratings in a huge way. Obviously, uh, Tony Khan knows best and he knows what he's talking about. Tony Khan is absolutely correct in that assessment. Uh, the same could be said about Brian Danielson as well as it remained to be seen. What is next in store for both of these men? And uh, we got what's in store for them tonight on Dynamite. I don't know what Ric Flair is talking about. I get what he's saying in terms of, you know, the rating department and stuff like that. But I think Brian Danielson and CM Punk have definitely contributed to what's been going on in all elite. <laughs> oh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair is crazy. I love you, Ric Flair. But uh, you hit the A ball on this one, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, <laughs> the ratings are crazy, right? Everybody has his opinion on the fucking ratings. Ratings this, ratings that. Listen, stop holding your opinions on just the ratings, okay? If the show is good and you like it, you like it, and then the ratings come out and it struggles. Listen, this is just the truth, okay? Pro wrestling isn't really popular, okay? Let's just get that out the way. Let's keep it 100, okay? The, rate, the, the wrestling business right now is not all that popular, yeah. AEW is popular, yes, but the professional wrestling industry as a whole, it ain't popular, it ain't even damn near popular, right? Um, AEW is this upstart company, and they're doing the best that they can, and they've been doing a damn good job of it. Now the ratings have been coming in on a weekly basis, I see what the ratings have been you know, coming in at, and uh, the numbers are kind of dwindling. Now... Pro wrestling is just dwindling, period. This isn't just an AEW effect. You know, WWE's ratings continue to tumble. Um, and, uh, you know, just wrestling in general. You know, I'm, I'm mainly talking about them, too, because, you know, they're in a big, high market in national television, right? With NBC Universal and Fox and Turner Broadcasting, TNT, right? So, you know, they're in the shine light right now, but... I feel like from a creative standpoint, AEW is doing a tremendous job in terms of business. They're doing a great job in terms of ratings. Like I said a couple of seconds ago, professional wrestling as a whole is struggling, right, to, to grab that audience. And CM Punk mentioned, I want to comment on this before I get right into uh, the results of what happened tonight on Dynamite. CM Punk mentioned that, you know, there's no more casual fans anymore. And I do agree with him on that. I don't think there's a lot of casuals anymore. WWE and AEW, you just need to focus on your hardcore audience. Focus on the 18 to 49 demographic. That is your demographic. Period. End of discussion. That's your demographic. That is what you need to focus on right now, right? And 
the ratings are just going to go up and down. You know, I've talked about it for a while, right? Partnerships in professional wrestling is what I feel like we're going to, you know, we, we really need that right now because, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, must-see things happening in the world of pro wrestling, right? We need partnerships, and I think that is going to build up to a possible boom period in the world of pro wrestling if we get partnerships. Uh, you know, I wish WWE can work with a New Japan, a, you know, an AEW, an Impact, this and that. You know, AEW is doing that, working with Impact and working with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I wish, you know, if all companies kind of join together in terms of talent exchanges, excuse me, and, you know, we can potentially see a boom period while also you're doing your own thing. That's just my quick in-depth opinion on what CM Punk had to say and what Ric Flair had to say regarding Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Turner, and we got AEW Dynamite. This was a good show. I enjoyed it uh, from start to finish. There's some minor things that I'm going to complain about, um, but like I said, we're always honest here. Um, <laughs> I want to bring something up, something that's bothering me. If you guys do not mind me talking about this just for a second before I get into the podcast, I just thought about this. You know, Shane Helms, Gregory Helms, I talked about him before, uh, but it's just, a, it's just the thing that bothers me. These wrestlers, you know, always make fun of the fans. Oh, you're doing armchair booking, this and that. Stop worrying about what's going on in the news and rumors department. Oh, my God. And then we're doing this thing with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, right? Where us, the fans, are more interested in what's going on behind the scenes than what is going on on television on a weekly basis. It's crazy to me, man. The, the Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch feud... You know, we're more interested in what's going on behind the scenes than what we're getting inside the ring with those two women, right? And WWE is building on that, mainly what's going on behind the scenes to build that it put that into the feud on TV on a weekly basis. Uh, I think pro wrestling needs to mainly focus on that behind the scenes stuff and put it into storyline and put that on TV because I think that would draw a lot of attention. And that's exactly, excuse me, what we've been getting. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Um, I know this is off topic, but, uh, you know, the armchair booker thing, I love doing it. I'm better, you know, I, I feel like I'm better than than most in the community in terms of creative, coming up with ideas, how to do this and storyline, character development, so on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I hate when the wrestlers and, and people in the business make fun of the fans for being armchair booker, more interested in what's going on behind the scenes. Here's my retort to that. Well, if we weren't in, if we weren't more interested in what's going on behind the scenes than what we're getting on television, how about you fix what's going on on TV right now? And WWE right now sucks. That's it. I'll talk about it more when I talk about all the news and rumors. Uh, I just wanted to get my opinion out there real quick in regards to that. I know you guys are here for the AEW uh, review, and that's what I'm going to give you guys.
So we kicked off with Adam Angman Page on the National Cowboy Shit Day. That's actually a day, which is crazy. Uh, this segment was great. Um, you know, it kind of went back and forth. And, um, you know, we've seen his celebration with the Dark Order, all that other stuff. And, you know, Adam Hangman Page, in the beginning, I feel, to me, I seen him and I was just like, like oh, okay, like, you're all right. You're a great wrestler. Don't really have a character. And then when he started drinking and stuff and, you know, being this, uh, this guy that just doesn't give a fuck, I was just like, you know what? I think that could work. I think I can get invested into some somebody like that, right? And that's what he's been doing. He's so genuine, right? And this was a genuine promo with Adam Hangman Page, giving it his all and saying that he's going to hold this championship forever, and he's never going to relinquish this championship. And he said that he earned it, he deserved it. Uh, the crowd acknowledged with the chant. Page said that he's usually pretty shy, but now he's the AEW World Champion, so he's going to do what he wants. Celebrate National Cowboy Shit Day with everybody. Uh, I have all my notes here, by the way, so I'm just reading off my notes. Uh, Page said that the AEW World Championship means a lot of responsibility with this feud, or with this first, excuse me, responsibility in taking on Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson's music played as he walked out to the ring. He congratulated Page, but he's a little surprised and disappointed that it's not Kenny Omega standing across from him. I found that comment very interesting uh, by Brian Danielson. Uh, when he made that comment, I said to myself, damn, is he about to turn heel? I literally said that to myself. I'm like, I think Brian Danielson's going to turn heel. I'll go over that in a second. Uh, Page came back saying that he beat Omega at full gear in less than 30 minutes. Shot right there. Shots fired uh, to Brian Danielson pretty much saying, well, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, uh, you didn't really get the job done. You didn't beat Kenny Omega within 30 minutes, but I did. So that means I'm better than you. Not only did I beat him in under 30 minutes, but I'm the new AEW world champion. And you're not. So I'm better than you. And you know it. I'm just playing. Not MJF shit, but I wanted to put that line in there. Brian Danielson said that he didn't come here to start something, but he's going to kick Paige's ass. Um, Danielson cares about professional wrestling, unlike Paige, who just flaps his gums when he won the title at WrestleMania. He brought in WrestleMania in that comment, and the fans completely booed. Uh, Brian Danielson with that WrestleMania comment. I think these are just AEW fans, y'all. I don't think they're WWE fans, which I think is bullshit. I think they're WWE fans that are fans of AEW, and you know uh, they're AEW fans, fans of WWE like myself and many others. So I love that he brought that up, WrestleMania, and then the fans completely shitted on him for that. He says that the very next day, Paige suggests that they fight now in the crowd chanted yes. But Danielson didn't think about Paige was ready. He doesn't want Paige to use that as an excuse when he beats him. Bringing up how Adam Hangman Paige during his depression storyline 
uh, he brought up a lot of excuses, right? Because people always say, oh, when you're depressed, you always bring up these excuses. Uh, I battle through depression a lot. It, it's on and off. When it's here, it sucks. Uh, but when it's away, it's a great feeling. So I love that Brian Danielson brought that up. Uh, they got into uh, they got into each other's faces and exchanged some shoving, and the Dark Order kept them apart. The crowd chanted them, let them fight. But Danielson said that they wouldn't do that at all. Paige broke free and then ultimately attacked, but Danielson ultimately escaped as he went up the ramp, ending the segment. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Danielson, I he's a heel. Uh, it was pretty much confirmed during the opening match with Evil Uno. Now, Evil Uno and Brian Danielson put on a absolute banger in terms of storytelling. What have I been telling y'all for day one? Day one when I started this podcast. What have I always been saying? I love storytelling. Storytelling means a lot to me. We got that. In this opening match. This was fun. The story of Brian Danielson. You know. Being cocky. And being arrogant. And thinking that Evo Uno wasn't on his level. Slapping him in the face. Just disrespecting Evo Uno. I loved it. I thought it was great. They both have some good chemistry. This was a fun match from start to finish. At the end of the day though. Uh, Brian Danielson landed the brusky knee and laid in a repeated stomps before locking in on the triangle submission and the referee stopped the match. I love that Brian Danielson, you know, he wins with different moves. He wins with different offensive moves. He wins with different submissions. I think that's a pretty cool thing. And Brian Danielson, in terms of best wrestler on the world, in 2021, when I do my, um, you know, my awards for best match of the year, uh, my top, you know, 10 matches of the year, whatever you want to call it, that I'm going to be doing pretty soon before the end of the year. Um, it's going to be hard to not put Brian Danielson as the best wrestler in the world. It's pretty hard for the men. Right. And I'm going to do a separate one for the women. For the men right now. That's pretty hard. You got Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, and Roman Reigns right now. Out of those, out of those three men, you know, if you told me Brian Danielson, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm really not going to be upset with you. Um, you know, he's making a strong case for it right now. Um, I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to probably go back and watch some of their matches still, all three of those men, because right now, it's really tough for me to pick between all three of those men, and those are the three men that it's going to ultimately come down to. Uh, regarding the best uh, male wrestler of 2021. So this was a good match between Evo Uno and Brian Danielson. After the match, Tony Schiavone asked Danielson about the mixed fan reception. Danielson said he came he came out to congratulate Paige, but because of Paige's behavior, he ended up kicking Uno in the head. Uh, he's going to take out every member of the Dark Order and kicking all their heads in next week. They're in Chicago, so he's going to kick the head off of Coke Cabana. This was great. This was great. I thought this segment was great post-match. I thought the match was great. Fun way to open the show. 
Really good way to open AEW. After we've seen an MJF video promo aired after his match with Darby Allen at the pay-per-view, MJF said he wasn't, you know, covered in paint. He's covered in shame. Everyone said that MJF couldn't wrestle, that he was the only good on the microphone, but he once again proved that he could wrestle. Even though everyone hates his guts, I don't hate your guts, bro. I think you're one of easily, you know, the best on the microphone. You are really good in the ring. You are not, you know, overrated, as people say, in the ring. I think you're pretty good. Uh, he brought up that people dislike him for every amount of reason possible, but it doesn't really phase him. Uh, he talks about that he beat Allen with a headlock takeover and gushing as he was wearing a belt. He asks, quote, who's next for MJF? Who's next, huh? I, I think I have an answer. And I actually said it myself when I was watching the promo with MJF. We'll talk about that later when I get to the, you know, portion of the review. So Eddie Kingston was about to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone, but 2.0. And Daniel Garcia interrupted. They said Kingston didn't last as long against Punk and Hent as Garcia did. Kingston said he doesn't respect Garcia and then ultimately shoved him. So it looks like we're going to get a match between those two guys at Rampage. I don't really care. Next up, we've seen Chaos, Orange Cassidy, and Hiro Ishii. I pronounced that correctly. Uh, they went up against... Um, Butcher and Blade um, with Matt Hardy and the Bunny ringside. This match was decent. This match was a decent, uh, you know, match from start to finish. Towards the end, we see Blade and Butcher got the advantage after Orange Cassidy tagged in. But the later quickly countered with the DDT on Blade for a near fall. That was a great spot by Ishii. After that, we see Matt Hardy distracted Orange and Butcher and Blade as they hit a combo suplex but Ishii broke up the pen and to tag himself in. After that, we've seen Ishii land in his combination in the corner. I love the combination strikes, man. I really do. After that, we've seen Hardy and Bunny distracted him. And the Blade got the brass knuckles. But Romero pulled him out of the ring. And Orange landed a dive on, uh, on HFO. I don't know what that means. Hardy something. Hardy family order or something. Uh, Ishii then crushed Blade with the Lariat, which looked brutal. And we also seen a vertical drop. Brain buster for the pen. Let me comment on Matt Hardy. I'm always honest with you guys. I'm always real in my opinions on professional wrestling, no matter what company it is. I'm never going to stir you guys wrong. This is just my opinion. I think Matt Hardy has not done shit in AEW. I feel like he's just a useless body on TV, and he should go backstage and focus on creating new stars. This Hardy family faction thing, order, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is trash. It's doing nothing for Butcher and Blade. It's doing nothing for anybody. This thing needs to end. Too many factions in AEW. And uh, like I said, it's trash. Just my opinion. So we've seen Andrade backstage in FTR were interviewed 
as Andrade says that he's proved that he's a better wrestler than Pac and Cody. Cash says that he was frustrated that he and Dax were robbed. They suggested getting Malachi Black and making it into an eight-man tag, as that was actually announced during the show for next week. Decent segment, nothing really to it. Let's just keep it pushing. Ty Conti cut a promo saying that she didn't fall on Saturday. She learned the next time she gets a title shot, she will become champion. Well, uh, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Her and Britt Baker had a killer match, but her going to become champion? Yeah, we'll see. DMD flanked by Hater and Rebel was interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Baker says that she's directed the conversation to the Igno TBS champion, Hater. So Britt Baker is pretty much confirming that Jamie Hater is going to be your new TBS champion. Uh, DMD, I love you. I really do, but sweetheart, I just don't think that's going to happen. And I'm a big fan of Jamie Hayter. I really am. I just don't think it's her time right now. That's my opinion. Uh, they didn't want her to hear about Jamie Hayter's opponent, Thunder Rosa. We're going to be hearing about Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, a lot. A lot more. A lot more. And um, <laughs> I can't wait. Do a Hell in a Cell match. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, inside Hell in a Cell at AEW Double or Nothing or AEW Revolution in the main event. I pitched it on Twitter. Make sure you guys go follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover and follow the podcast on Instagram at 99Raw. Follow and subscribe to 99Raw on your favorite podcast platform. Shout out to the podcast. I appreciate those following. It really means a lot. Thank you. Next up, Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. So they defeated Hikaru Shida in the TBS Championship Tournament. The reason why I kind of hinted and kind of paused for a second is because, you know, I thought this match was uh, pretty boring from the start. But I will say it picked it up towards the middle and the end of the match. Uh, this is pretty much what happened during the match. We've seen Sheeta towards the end caught a candlestick shot from Vicky Guerrero as she interfered. I didn't really like that, that Vicky Guerrero interfered in the match. I get why she did, but as a fan, I just didn't like that. So after that, after that candlestick shot, once back, we've seen out of nowhere Serena Deed. Someone that I'm a big fan of. She showed up and attacked Sheeta's knee herself. Rose perked Sheeta over the top rope and landed her diving knee for a two count. She went for the beast bomb, but Sheeta turned it into a triangle submission. Rose powered out with her own version of a power bomb. Rose went for a top rope senton, but Sheeta rolled out of the way and cradled Rose for a two. Rose caught a kick and applied a cool standing stretch muffler for the submission win this was a good match but fuck Vicky Guerrero is annoying as shit <laughs> this chick is annoying I love you Vicky but my god her screeching is just <laughs> it's crazy yo it's crazy uh so 
Again, good match. The outcome, the winner. It is what it is, man. Did I like it? No, I did not like it. But, um, you know, they're going to win all the rows here. So we're going to see what happens. Um, after that, we've seen Matakai Black, one of the best in pro wrestling, one of the best. Easily one of my favorite characters in all elite wrestling. He talked about the definition of a nightmare. Nickname, Cody Rhodes, nightmare. Yeah, okay. He said that his team is in the eight-man tag team would haunt his four opponents. He told his opponents to take a deep breath. Just like I should take a deep breath every time I'm on the podcast. Because I'm always yelling. But I try not to. I try to keep calm. While breathing, while oxygen is still on their side. All right. One of the best segments on the show. MJF promo. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to rock and roll? I think I'm ready. All right, let's get right to it. MJF walked out, franked by Wardlow and Sean Spears. He asked Spears to shut up the crowd, and Spears failed. MJF told the crowd that they're looking at the guy who checks all of the boxes, the most complete pro wrestler on the planet. He's the past, he's the present, and he is the future of professional wrestling. I mean, in terms of the future, Brett, it's kind of hard to, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard to disagree with MJF, you feel me? Let's keep it real. So he is the future of professional wrestling and could be a big old cowboy shit right out of MJF uh, and out of his mouth there in regards to Adam Page's title reign. There's one of the teasers right there that MJF is going after Adam Hangman Page coming very soon. MJF deserves to be the next AEW world champion because nobody in that locker room is on his level. Let me pause for a second. Take a deep breath. I was watching that portion of the segment. I said to myself, yo, CM Punk's coming out. CM Punk is coming out. What happened? CM Punk. He came out. Crowd went crazy. Social media going insane. CM Punk's music played, and he walked out. There were lots of chants of CM Punk. MJF introduced himself and offered a handshake. (laughs) I love CM Punk. This motherfucker, Punk, bro. CM Punk. He turned around and just walked away and just smirked. Like, like, all right, bro. Like, yeah, sure. That's it. And I loved it. I loved every single moment of this promo. This was wonderful. Let me tell y'all something. Let me educate you guys. That's what I love to do. Try to educate you guys out there that have might not see where I'm coming from. This is one of the prime examples of this. This promo, this feud, right? 
It's going to be built around the promo. That one promo segment. Everybody was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. I like that. Because when it it happens, right? When it actually goes down and we hear this promo between MJF and CM Punk, I'm telling you right now, it's probably going to be one of the best promo segments in AEW history. One of the best promo segments. I don't want to say all time, but I'll go as far as to say one of the best promos in recent you know, pro wrestling history. Easily within the last five to ten years, the best promo that we are all going to witness together. As a fan in the wrestling community, we are going to witness CM Punk and MJF taking personal jabs at one another. When CM Punk smirked, <laughs> people say John Cena has the, the cockiest and arrogant smirk of all time, which is true. CM Punk is definitely up there. When CM Punk smirked, MJF looked so pissed. This guy looked angry. This guy looked insulted. Like, wait a minute. What the fuck is this motherfucker looking at me with a smirk and this dude just gets his ass and leaves the ring? Fuck is wrong with this dude? You tripping. You feel me? That's the mentality that MJF had. Like, what the fuck is this problem? I loved it. It was great. It was great. I'm for it, just like everybody else is, and I cannot wait to see what happens next. Uh, FYI, I'm literally reviewing everything that happened on this show. So this is definitely going to go over an hour. I'm letting you know right now in the middle of the review. Again, follow, subscribe to 99Raw on all available podcast platforms. I would really appreciate it. If you don't want to listen to the podcast, I mean, I guess I didn't really bring you guys creativity. I didn't bring you the honesty. You know, I'm not trying to hear, I'm not trying to be here in terms of like, you know, throwing animations up and stuff like that. I'm just a simple wrestling fan. I'm a simple dude talking professional wrestling with a, you know, very expensive microphone and a Rodecaster Pro. And I'm just talking pro wrestling. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do. Bring you guys a different perspective on what you guys watch. Trying to educate. Try to also add some creativity. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm literally reading off what's in the notes here. So uh, Darby Allen, like I said, he was interviewed and said MJF didn't break him mentally. And they would have a rematch at some point. He's not taking time off. And he wants the best and the baddest in AEW. The Gun Club... I have not seen them in a very long time. So that was really uh, different to see them. They came up and they walked up and they said, Billy challenged Darby Allen to a match. And actually, AEW announced that for AEW Rampage on Friday. FYI, I really don't watch um, AEW Rampage. I don't. I only watch certain matches and segments that are must-see. If they're not must-see, I am not going to watch. Simple. Super click. We're backstage. They said Full Gear was one of the worst nights of their lives. 
Neither of the Young Bucks are even or ever even cleared anymore. Super Click will come back stronger than ever, and Rampage will be Adam Cole and Bobby Fish against the Jurassic Express. Fish walked up and promised to put on the end of the Jurassic Express joke. They teased the destination at the end. Okay, we're getting that match. It was made official, and that's going to happen at Rampage. I guess, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. I just want Adam Cole to give me Adam Cole, but I'm here to tell you we are leading towards um, Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega coming very, very soon. I forgot what happened in the opening of the show uh, where Kenny Omega pretty much said, I don't really you know, want you to be the leader, Adam Cole. I, I, I kind of asked for... You know, the Young Bucks, if you don't mind. Adam Cole was like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. He was fine with it. Was he fine with it, really? No, it's not. He was not fine with it. That's the first tease right there for Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega coming in 2022. I'm very excited. I can't wait. Next up, we've seen Leo Rush and Dante Martin as they defeated the Acclaim Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. This was a fun match. Uh, this was a fun match. In terms of the best match of the night, this was it right here. After the match, we see Team Taz walked out and congratulated Rush and Dante. I want to say this right now. I'm so happy Leo Rush is in AEW. You know, he's a very good star. He's a phenomenal superstar. He brings that cachet. He brings that star power. And Dante Martin is going to benefit for uh, siding with Leo Rush. It's going to be a great thing to see. I hope they actually stay a team. And I hope they actually go after the tag team titles because I think they would be a big-time babyface duo going after that title. I want to say something now. I actually hope that they bring in a cruiserweight division, but I know you do not want to chastise these wrestlers. I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. Can you imagine a cruiserweight division in AEW? I think it would be tremendous. I think it would be fun to actually see the cruiserweights always open. You know, AEW Dynamite and open Rampage. Get the fans hyped up. We were seeing flips. We were seeing kicks right in that tag team match. It got the fans juiced up. It got the fans excited. I think it's something that needs to happen. Hopefully Tony Khan does it. We shall see. And yes, I am armchair booking right now. I love it. Armchair booker is me. After the match, Team Taz walked out and congratulated Rush and Dante. Taz offered condolences to Rush and his family. Wow, I actually am surprised. They actually brought that up in a promo. I really am surprised. Um, shout out to Leo Rush and his family. Going through a tough time right now. Godspeed. Sending my condolences for show. It's kind of take a moment of silence, to be honest, you know, for the loss that Leo Rush had to go through. All right. So after that, he talked about offering Dante a contract last week in Rush's absence. Stark said that they'd be patient and brought up that they were patient with Hobbs as well. The choice between Team Taz and Rush 
is the choice between a Hall of Fame career and a mediocre one. All right, that was good. Uh, that was good. Some interesting stuff there. Christian Cage, next segment was Christian Cage and Jurassic Express were backstage with Christian said that it was one of their best nights of their careers. He's talking about their match with the Super Click. Uh, Christian mentioned that it was the best night of his career. Damn, man, you kind of disrespecting your, uh, your TNA run and your WWE run, my friend. All right, I guess so. Whatever he says. Jungle Boy said that the chance inside him is here to stay. They're better now than they've ever been. And they'd see Adam Cole and Fish on Friday. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it for that segment, ladies and gentlemen. After that, we've seen the Lucha Bros were backstage. Penta said that FTR couldn't get the job done. Phoenix and Death Triangle and Cody had something special for them next week. Because they're bringing the best four men in the funeral in the universe, excuse me, and that's when we got the announcement of the taxi match, and uh, should be a good one. It should be a good one. I'm very excited to see. It. Main event, you ready? Main event. This was good, man. <laughs> this was good for the time it got. Sammy Guevara defeated Jay Lethal to retain. The TNT Championship. This is what happened. We're going to go towards the end of the match here. Guevara landed a bicycle knee on the outside. Lethal fell backwards onto the table. So Guevara went to the top rope and connected with the Senton Okimo. But Lethal moved out of the way and Guevara crashed. And I mean he crashed through that table. After that table spot, which was pretty cool by the way. It looked impressive. Sammy Guevara was so high in the air. After that, we've seen Lethal went for the top rope elbow, as he does beautifully. But Sammy turned it into a cradle for a near fall. After that, we've seen Guevara flipped out of a lariat attempt. But Lethal then turned him inside out with an inverted uh, suplex for a two count. We've seen Lethal lock in a figure four in the center of the ring. After that, we've seen Gar uh, Guevara had to fight for each of the ropes. After that, we seen him with the knee to Lethal in the face and went for, you know, to GTH. I don't know what that stands for. Go to, I don't know what that means. But his midsection was too hurt. Guevara then landed multiple knee strikes, and then he hit the GTH for the 1-2-3, and Guevara retained the title. I feel like if Guevara lost, I feel like people were going to be legitimately pissed, including myself. Shout out to... Jay Lethal for actually wanting to put over Sammy Guevara and him doing the right thing. Sammy Guevara is a future megastar in this uh, promotion in AEW. And he's when he wins the world title, it's really going to be kind of like a Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, excuse me, type of moment, along with um, Jungle Boy and uh, Darby Allin. So they got three great pro wrestlers there in the future. That they can build around with. This was a fun show. Fun main event. That's all I got for y'all man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Right here on 99 Raw. Uh, what's on top. For the rest of the week. Um, That's a good question. That's a good question. But you guys should stay tuned. On Twitter. At JT Takeover. And tune in to 99 Raw. 
on Instagram for some updates. I will be updating guys on what's going to be happening for the rest of the week. Besides Saturday, of course, we're going to be covering hot topics in pro wrestling. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do tomorrow or Friday, or I might just be taking a break. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to be taking a break Thursday, Friday. Come back Saturday for covering all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling. And then ending it with Sunday, of course, with pointless, worthless, pay-per-view titled Survivor Series. That's what I'm going to be doing. So I hope you guys stay tuned. I hope you guys represent by subscribing and following on all major podcast platforms. 299 Raw. And you support the podcast. Please go out and listen to uh, the podcast. It would really mean a lot. Uh, I'm trying to kill it. Uh, I'm working as hard as I can to be consistent and give you guys what you guys deserve, which is a fan that is honest and that is also bring a creativity mentality to the table. Also trying to educate you guys that that don't, you know, maybe not get where I'm coming from. And I try to talk about what, you know, my reasons for what I say and my ideas that I come up with, man. We're wrestling fans. We love this business. But right now, Pro wrestling right now in the remainder of the year. It's kind of rocky. Um, I'm going to just... I was going to do this Saturday, but I might as well do this now. Okay, check this out. Um, I know that I said I was going to do Raw, SmackDown. That that's, that's over. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. The shows suck. The shows just are not good. So this is what I'm going to do for the remainder of the year, for the remainder of 2021. You guys are going to continuously get AEW reviews. I'm not going nowhere with AEW. You guys are going to continuously get all the latest news and rumors in the world of professional wrestling. But outside of that, um, it's looking rocky. I'm just being honest with you. Um... If there's any other new breaking news developments or anything like that, you might get something on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Thursday, Friday. You know what I mean? Depending on what's going on. Some news that I don't want to cover on Saturday, I'll just cover it briefly on its own episode. Um, you guys are going to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy book and stuff that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be bringing back rankings. I might do some like rankings in terms of like ranking the top matches um, in the past in terms of top pay-per-view matches, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, naming my top, like, best stipulation matches of all time. You're going to do, you're going to be hearing a lot of more rankings than I'm going to bring to the table. I kind of threw that off, but I'm going to be bringing that a lot back to the podcast because I want to give you guys a little bit more uh, content, more episodes other than AEW and News and rumors that will be happening on Saturdays with AEW happening on Wednesday and then all the other days that you don't really hear from me. So I want to kind of give you guys some more episodes and be a little bit more consistent, replacing Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. The reason why I'm doing that, because the shows are just not interesting. So do not expect, do not expect a Raw review or a SmackDown review going forward for the remainder of 2021. That's WWE's fault. My interest is completely sunk. Now, I watch it. That just doesn't mean I don't cover it, right? Which I'm not going to. So, 
You guys are going to be getting AEW reviews every Wednesday and pro wrestling news and rumors on Saturday. The other days, you're either going to get a ranking uh, podcast episode or fantasy bookings. Or if there's a big major news story going on that you guys are going to be getting, that's it. That's it. So I hope you guys understand that and appreciate that. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just not interested in what's going on on Monday and Friday night. I'm really not. Um, it is what it is, man. It's just the truth. And that's how I feel. Um, Monday Night Raw came on. I didn't even watch it. I didn't even watch it. I didn't even go back on YouTube and watch it. I just didn't care. I had other shows that I record and I watched more than Monday Night Raw. Same with Friday Night Smackdown. So it is what it is. And sports are back too. So I'm, I'm more convenient with those, man. Pro wrestling in the month of November and December, or especially December, is taking a backseat. I'm really thankful that AEW is around and they're doing some great stuff and they got plans for December. So I'm very excited for that. So I'm going to run it again one more time. AEW reviews on Wednesday, every Wednesday, consistently for the remainder of the year. Um, and pro wrestling news and rumors, hottest topics in the world of pro wrestling. That is still on Saturdays. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, rankings, some fantasy bookings, any topic that is on my mind that I want to talk about, I will be bringing to you guys then on those other days. Sundays obviously will be available for WWE pay-per-views and um, other wrestling pay-per-views that come out as well. So I'm not going to leave you all in the dark, you know, officially still got some plans. But in terms of coming to Monday Night Raw, covering SmackDown, there's no NXT uh, unless they have a big pay-per-view show. So I want to tell you that right now. Unless NXT has a big takeover like they're going to do with War Games, I will cover that for War Games. But like for these pay-per-view events for NXT, I'll cover it. But if it's just weekly TV for NXT, I'm not doing it. It sucks. You know, SmackDown, no. Raw, no. I'm taking a break. So I just wanted to remind everybody that is going to be listening to this podcast. I hope you guys understand. This is the credit of King. I'm just a wrestling fan that, that is honest and that loves talking professional wrestling right here on 99 Raw. I'll see y'all on Saturday covering all the news and rumors in the world of professional wrestling. I appreciate it, and y'all have a good rest of your night.